a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's a well-known story of a pastor who called on one of his members one day. As he rang the doorbell, his parishioner was about to step into the shower, so she didn't answer the door. The pastor, thinking she was not at home, left his calling card. The card included a verse of scripture, Revelation 3, verse 20. The lady looked this reference up in her Bible and read it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. On Sunday morning, after the service, the pastor greeted the woman and informed her of his visit and asked her if she'd received the card with the special verse on it. I did, she said, and gave him a card with a Bible verse, Genesis 3, verse 10. The pastor looked that verse up and it read, I heard your voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. Well, whilst this story might be humorous, the verse quoted from Genesis is actually the first mention of fear in the Word of God. In fact, fear is the first negative emotion we read of in the Bible. That first instance of fear was the result of man being disconnected from God. That should tell us much about the remedy to fear. David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us, Phil here, along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And this week we're looking at overcoming fear. And yesterday we looked at how fear paralyzes people. It can stop you from doing what you should and know that you want to do. We looked especially at how this was the case with Timothy. Now Paul's counsel to him was that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And he also went on to say that God has given us power. In fact, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, Ken, what else did he say to Timothy? Well, you remember there were three things that Paul wanted to remind Timothy and that God had given him. Uh, remember that Paul didn't tell him to go and get something he didn't already have, mm-hmm. but to know what he already received and to embrace that. Well, after power, Paul says that God has given us love. Now, the problem of fear is self. You think about that. Fear moves us away from people, but love moves us towards them. Fear asks this question, what will that person do to me? But love asks, what can I do for that person? Fear, if you like, is self-protecting, but love is self-giving. Now, fear and love are both emotions. They're like a, you know, two people sitting on a seesaw, if you like. So which is the heaviest, fear or love? Well, the Bible says love is the most powerful. Perfect love casts out, out all fear. fear. That's yeah. right. Let me give you an example, um, Phil. When I was living in New Zealand, um, uh, over the back fence to us, there were a couple of uh, German Shepherd dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. And every time we went out in the garden, these dogs would make a run up the fence and they'd jump at the fence and we'd see actually their claws, their, mm-hmm. their paws, <laughs> just over the top of the fence. I had a similar experience myself. Did you? Yeah. And, and so then they'd just slither down the fence and, uh, you know, uh, go go back and whatever. Now, let's just say one of them made it over the fence and my daughter, one of my daughters was in the garden I would experience two emotions at that time. I'd experience love and fear. Love for my daughter to protect her, to keep her safe, but fear of the dog. Which one would win? Well, I think I'm speaking on behalf of most, if not all fathers, and say love would prevail. Mm. You know, I would stand in between the dog and my daughter. There's love there, but there's also fear, but love casts out the fear. 
So really the way to overcome fear is to not actually to try and stop being afraid, but by walking in love, as is the case in that example. Yeah, the one who fears has not been made perfect in love, Paul, uh, John says. But, um, you know, Paul, as, as we've said earlier, Phil, he put this into practice in his own life. You know, the, the Corinthians really gave him a hard time. Now, when, when you've got a group of people that really are kind of... Um, um, out at, to get you? Yeah, or at enmity or whatever, hostility, hostile towards you. Yeah. Um, you tend to back off. But Paul kept coming to the Corinthians, even though they kept rejecting him, kept criticizing him and so on. Now, why did he do that? The Bible says this, that when he wrote to them, he says, because the love of Christ constrains me. The love that he had for them overcame any fear he had of their rejection. It's a great choice of words that he was constrained by love. We often think of ourselves as being constrained by fear, but love drove his actions. And it's really exciting that it's more and more powerful than fear. We started out talking about Timothy, though. What was the last thing Paul wanted him to know that God had given him in his arsenal? Yeah, okay. Well, he says, you know, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, first of all, then love, secondly, and then lastly, a sound mind. That's an interesting uh, phrase. It's the only time it's used, actually, in the New Testament, that, that particular phrase, a sound mind. And it's the ability to take ourselves in hand, to take control of, of our thinking, to regain mental equilibrium, if you like, sound-mindedness. Okay, so that's where the battle is won or lost in in our thoughts. Remember, uh, the problem of fear is in the mind. That's where the battle needs to be fought. So our emotions are basically a product of our thinking. So if our emotions are, are, you know, just out of control, probably it's because of our thinking that is out of control. And uh, what Paul says to Timothy is, hey, God has given us the ability to to get those thoughts in hand, mm. uh, to bring everything together. Let me just read to you what he said to the uh, Philippians. Uh, Phil, he said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, we often finish the reading there, but he goes on to say, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure and whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's anything virtuous about those things, anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. You know, In other words, set your mind on the right things. And that's what he's really saying to Timothy here. Set your mind on the right things. God has given you the power to bring those thoughts under control and, and, and to really set your mind on what is the most important thing right now. You've just known one of my favourite verses, Ken, Philippians 4 and verse 9. Somebody once said that external peace doesn't always depend on us, but internal peace does. Is that what you're saying? Yes. You know, we can't control our external world. You know, We can't determine absolutely, uh, for example, whether we will be at peace in our human relationships. You know, Paul says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably. Well, mm. okay, that's our part, but there's still the other person's... Mm, that you sometimes can't do anything about. Yeah, exactly. So peace doesn't come by trying to control our, our external world. It's the fruit of the Spirit, um, self-control. So it's, it's something that's within, you know, not spouse control <laughs> or other person control. We can't control others, and we're not meant to do that. But we can know inner peace by learning to take control of our thinking. Now, do you remember those verses um, uh, in Corinthians that talk about bringing every thought 
into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You're pulling down strongholds. That means, mm. okay, if you're, if you're thinking on wrong things and these are producing anxiety and fears in your life, well, get a hold of the thoughts that are producing those feelings and bring them under control. And, and of course, it's the truth that sets us free. You know, Jesus said, you know the truth and, and the truth will set you free. So recognize the lie that you're believing that's making you agitated and, and in turmoil and get that thought under control. Mm. Bring, bring the truth to bear upon it. That's what Paul was really saying to Timothy. I'm sure there's a lot of people finding this helpful right now because, as we mentioned earlier, fear seems to be such a big thing today. A lot of people are afraid of a lot of things and a lot of it is just not really a threat at all. Yes, uh, you know, Jesus said as we get closer to the end times, men's hearts will overcome them with fear. You know, people people's hearts will just give way, as it were, to fear and they'll be just overrun by fear if, they, if we're not careful. We already have an epidemic of fear and anxiety disorders today. Now, t- Timothy's philosophy was this. If I don't know what lies ahead, then I don't know if I can handle it. Remember all those things that were going wrong, the heresies, mm. persecution, trouble in the church, all those things. And he, his mind just run away with him. I don't know whether I can handle this in the future. Well, let God decide what you will face and what will, you will not face in the future. Let God be God. You know, we don't need to know what is ahead, but we do need to decide that whatever it is, we can handle it because God is who he is and we are in him. So we do have the resources. We don't have to know what's ahead. We just need to know that we are sufficient for all things in Him. I hope this will help you overcome fears. That's our subject this week, and we'll have more for you tomorrow. In the meantime, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.